Hello, welcome back to another week of the DP World Tour Picks and Bets on the Mayo Media Network. Skylar Hoke here. Tom, how are we doing, my friend? Uh, I can't breathe uh, through my nose, so it's all mouth projection. And if it looks like I'm going to cry at any point, it's not because of the state of last week's selections. It is because I've got apparently the Wembley flu. Uh, so that's what you get for senior team promoted to the Premier League. But um, no, all good. I was very happy that we somehow managed to get Schneider through as, a, as an each-way payout because otherwise it was kind of painful. Um, I've never felt like I had to apologise for selections before, but that was close. I mean, if you just zoomed out, like if you if you didn't watch any of the week, to your point, like if you just turned up the scores on Sunday night, it would be like, okay, they, they weren't as bad as what yeah, yeah. it could have been. It was a weird, weird week. And, and I mean, we had JT win the PGA. We had Sam Burns come back from seven strokes. But arguably, I, I think this Sunday, and, and then Fox, Fox, you know, losing at 99%, you know, win probability. I, I think this past Sunday was the craziest finish of, of them all from a probability. Data Golf had Samoya at 0.1% chance to win. He was the last person who they had at any sliver of hope of winning on the board. And he won by two. It wasn't even yeah. close. It, and that's how he needed to win, I think. Like, like he's a guy that's been there a couple of times, right, and had a chance and never quite looked like seen in a deal. So it's good for him to come back and do that. It was, you know, it was a really funky week. Like, I think Guido was, what was he, nine over, you know, very oh, early on. He shot um, Loughton was like 11 over through five holes. Yeah. Shout out, Juice. Thank you for making Guido's not that yeah. bad. Yeah. And he retired after like nine. Yep. So that's great. Smart. Um, but there was loads of people retiring early. And I think that's a sign that the course has been lost because, you know, you look at the guys, uh, a couple of sighted injuries and stuff. And I think Richie Ramsey's shoulder hurt. But he's a proper purist when it comes to courses. And I think he probably thought, no, this isn't, this isn't right. I'm not going to frustrate myself all week with this setup. So, uh, I think there was something ludicrous, like over 150 balls in the water on day one. Yeah, I think like it ended up with like 600 balls in the water. And Matt, uh, SGT to Green, tweeted yeah. about like how many water balls were. Insane. I think there, there was more in like round one than there has been for most of the tournament. So um, just a tough, tough week. Yeah, so Snyder sneaking in there was was very nice. Um, I think that's at least enough to hang her hat on there. I mean, Audrey, you look at it, he finishes 15th. Fleetwood sneaks, yeah. what, into the top 10? Like just a interesting... Interesting week for, for one standpoint on hard golf versus like ridiculous golf. You know, I don't, I, I'm not, I don't know how to judge that either. I don't know the line, but um, I think that's it, what it was. People would say. It was wrong. I think it was ridiculous because you can tell by the fact that everyone's shot really well on Sunday or the guys that were not leaderboard because they felt like they had to do something to get some birdies being made because there was just nothing like yeah. the, the first two days were just horrendous. So yeah, yeah it is what it is. And, and we move on here to one of the more interesting events of the year. One of the also hardest to handicap events of the yeah. year, uh, I would say, with the with the Scandinavian mix. Um, we're also <clears throat> going to be seeing a, a new course. So last year, I guess, if we take it back. Okay, let's just explain. So we have 70 golfers from the male side, I believe, right about 70, and then 70 um, from the female side. So half and half of the field. Um, is going to be split up and 
you know, if we continue to, to look back on last year, there was pretty much only one of the ladies who got themselves an inch in on Sunday. Alice Hewson, I believe is her name. And if you look at the ball striking stats, she was very, very good ball striking. Um, a couple others in the top 15 and a few that were tied for 17th. So there wasn't that much representation from the ladies' side. But I would say paying a lot more attention to some of the mixed events that have happened this year. There's been a bunch of them in 2022. Um, Hannah Green won, I believe, at least one, if not two of them in Australia. And then the other one that recently happened was on the Asian tour when they combined with the LET and they did a Stableford event. Um, Schwan Kim was the winner there. But what I found also interesting was if you did the stroke play, Maja Stark actually was the winner of stroke play on the event. So it's a couple female wins. Uh, but also there's been times when it's just been completely all male dominated. I'm hoping not to see that. I think it's more interesting when you get a good mixed leaderboard. Yeah, not to your point, it was Alice Houston was third last year. Olivia Cohen was 10th. And then we had no one else higher than 18th. Uh, Maya Stark was. 18th tied with um, there was someone else, I think a lot of American Patriots were tied 18th, I think Lynn Grant finished tied 18th as well uh, last year, so when you look at like their kind of career trajectories, like Maya Stark's really, really interesting she contended at two US Opens as an amateur um, she was on the Swedish team that won three straight ladies team championships uh, she won on her second start in college, finished 13th in her first US Open uh, was ninth after 54 holes in her second one um, so she's just really solid. I think she won two of her first three starts on the LET tour as well. So um, she, she's brilliant, Maya Stark. She's definitely one of the more interesting uh, candidates this week. But yeah, I think to your point, it's going to be male dominated. She also cost me a lot of money last week at the US Open because I was very excited to play her. Um, DraftKings kind of get in the mix and she did not fare too well. Not much um, from the LET side ended up um, really being in the mix. Yeah, that, that was a great um, US Open. Um, and G. Lee playing so well. But yeah, let's walk through, I guess, from the course standpoint, Tom. I mean, we saw basically some, we haven't seen this course from outside of the Nordic Golf League in uh, 20 years, I believe yeah, it was, basically it's, it's outside outrageous. of amateur events. Yeah, it's, I think there's been some ladies events here, but no male events for like 20 years. So it seems tree-lined. It seems a little bit tighter fairways. It seems short. Um, and you know, the ladies played about 900 yards shorter than the males, but from the male side, it's just over 7,000 yards. So seems going to be a fairway potential birdie fest, um, that, or at least, you know, you club down and you, you lights out with the approach, you lights out with the irons or lights out with the, the putter to get yourself in the mix. Yeah. And that might be the best setup for the ladies to have, um, kind of, cause I mean, I don't know. I don't really want to just. You know, they, they seem to be at times a little bit more, uh, I would trust the ladies to hit the fairways with their, their drivers yep. and their hybrids more than the guys do at times. So if you can get difficult fairways, it could play into the favor of that side. Yeah, and I think it's actually, there's a reasonable proximity, although it's tree line, there's a reasonable proximity to the sea as well. So maybe a little bit of kind of wind play will come into factor and sort of that linksy field, despite the fact it's, uh, you know, tree line. But yeah, I think to your point, I think I think putting is going to be huge here. I think, you know, when you look at someone like Jonathan Caldwell winning uh, last year, uh, that kind of points towards that. And I think it's just really, really hard. Like I tried to kind of garner something from last year and see if there was any sort of pattern to who was finishing up, whether it's just people based on really good current form. When you look at kind of like the top 10, it was basically people that missed their last two cuts. 
and then a couple of guys. I think Alexander Bjork was in pretty decent form coming in, but everyone else was kind of out of form. So it's really, really hard to handicap, like you said, to your point. And I think it's it's kind of good. Like it means you, get, you kind of get anyone can kind of win, but it makes it very, very difficult to predict. Yeah. Yep. So I think we can roll right into the odds. Um, we are getting one standalone uh, PGA Tour player over here, Alex Norn, who been in a decent stretch of form, broke a lot of hearts at the PGA Championship for people, but, um, you know, definitely deserving, just like probably Tommy was last week at 10 to 1. Um, and then you back up a, a good amount, York 22, Molinari 22, you talked about Major Stark, 25 to 1, Lynn Grant, fellow countrymate, also doing really, really well on um, the LET, 28 to 1, Romain Lengas, 28 to 1, and then you dip into the 30s, and that's where Stenson comes back um, after, you know, he had, he had a little life, actually. I thought there was a chance he could find himself in the mix for us last week. Um, is there anybody sub 50 to 1 that stands out to you, Tom? So Jason Scrivener, for me, was, was the guy that kind of stood out to me, and I was always going to back him, and I was quite pleasantly surprised by his prices, really. Uh, he was seventh in this last year, and he was the 54-hole leader. I think he actually shot six over over the last kind of 12 holes and lost by a couple, maybe five shots. Um he was top four in this field in strokes game tee screen over the last 15 weeks, including 19th last week. And he's been fourth uh, in three starts before that as well, tee to green. Second in approach in the same time frame. He lost only three strokes in the final round last week in approach. So maybe that could have obviously skewed his numbers. But, you know, he was inside the top 11 for the first three rounds in approach last week. He's been just playing really, really good golf. We know he can play in this format as he showed last year. And, just looks like the type of person that's going to win at this level soon, and this might just be the best chance for him to do it. Yeah, I think Scribner's kind of been on a, a radar for me since they played well um, at the Zurich Classic. Yeah. Um, him and Day kind of showed a little life, and he's done that playing well in the States and popping over and carrying it over, as we've seen a few other golfers um, do. It's it's a very difficult numbers numbers game when you're, you're looking at this type of field because it's definitely odds that – I'm not the most um, comforting betting, but some of the golfers that hit that specific kind of talk track um, game setup for how they've been over the last couple of weeks is really, I think, Sebastian Soderbergh. It, you see two top five performances. And these guys, this is just what kills me is like, we got off Justin. I'll talk about another one later, but like they'll show up for the week. They'll miss the next cut. And then it's, it's just right back to a top five. It's like, you just, you just can't quit them. You know, like you yeah. did with Guido, you just you just have an extended run of a commitment, and eventually those those same kind of skill sets might might turn back up. I mean, Soderberg um, doing what you know he does best and kind of gets lights out with those irons, finishing fifth at the Dutch Open, finishing second at the British Masters, a really really good field. You look around there; it's all missed cuts, and the last time he made a cut, tenth place finish. So, you know, you find him. If you're gonna if you're gonna go at the top of the board, even though I think these girls are very talented here, I think the top of the board approach has to be the DP World Tour side, yeah. and then maybe down the board some of the female side. And for that reason, I mean you're, you're splitting the field in half in theory, so it makes sense. You got to bet about forty to one, Sebastian Soderberg. But um, Baroff's gonna love this because he he loves Soderberg. But I, I just think there's enough right there in that that typical game, you know, country. You know, you're playing there, and it's just. Irons, and let's get hot with the putter. Yeah, I mean, look, where, where he's performed so well is obviously Crown Sociere's won. Yep. He's second at Andalusia Masters, second at the British Masters. He's won the Kenya Open on the Challenge Tour. 
He's got two top fives um, in Sweden, obviously being his home uh, country, with a, a third in Nordia Masters and a fifth in this event before. Uh, it was a mixed event. So, you know, I think he, he kind of likes it. I think he's also won in Sweden on, on the Nordic Golf League as well, Lumin Lakes. So, generally speaking, he plays very well at home. And, you know, I just, he missed the cut in it last year, actually, but I wouldn't read too much into that. I think he'd withdrawn the week before from the European Open and missed cut three times straight after that. So, he was obviously just struggling with something. But, like you say, second and fifth in two of his last three starts, um, 10th four starts before that. It just seems like he's playing very, very well when he makes the weekend. And he played in that Thailand. I think he might have played in that Thailand event or did he finished 16th He did, as well? yes. Um, yep. which is 16th among uh, the men. Um, so, yeah, he played pretty well. And I think, I think generally speaking, Sebastian Söderberg is probably one of the better players in this field. Yeah, and I think this is enough. But again, the number, you got you to plug your nose. I do think before we even dip down a little bit more, DraftKings hasn't released anything yet, but I I can remember vividly how um, the ownership kind of went. So if you want to play some of these ladies, I think DraftKings potentially is is the appropriate, or I guess it's the more bang for your buck type of uh, way you can get it because we don't know how it's going to play out, but hitting outright winner obviously um, isn't the easiest thing to do. But if it's more set up towards the females, I mean, you could really stack up. I mean, Pia Bapnik is the highest ranked golfer in the field relative to, to what it is. Made the cut last week at the U.S. Open. I mean, Ingrid, Ingrid Landblad was the first round leader last week, amateur stud. Um, you know, she's also in this mix. You know, they're, they're not going to be getting clicked on the same amount as some of the other guys are in this range. So I think getting some of the lady studs on DraftKings is a very good approach this week. Yeah, I think Pia Bannock as well. She's 18 years old, isn't she? And so well, she's yeah. 35th in Saudi, third at the Madrid Ladies Open, fifth at the Gibraltar Ladies. And then she's been third at the Chevron Championship, which was the first major yeah. of the year. And like you said, missed, made the cut last week. She's already got two LET wins last year as well. And one of them was over Olivia Cohen, who was obviously 10th yeah. last year. So um, she, she didn't play great in it last year, but she was 17. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's a completely different thing. Like you say, she's, she's climbed since then. And I would definitely trust her to, to form part of your team. So I do think that, you know, the likes of her, the likes of Maya Stark, Lynn Grant's been very, very good. They can all kind of play a part in DraftKings. It's just, it's just like you say, I think in terms of betting, you kind of want to take a long shot and hope they can get in the top five or six. But otherwise, I think it's going to be a, a male winner. Yep. Um, I'm agreeing with you there. Um, for me, I'm going to dip into this range one more time. I know we each have kind of a golfer in here. Um, and it's Thriston Lawrence guy that if we went on our progression of South African golfers this year, Thriston was the first one. And then we hit Oliver Becker and then it was Henny every week. So we have to keep, you know, one back in our rotation here and Thriston Lawrence last 54 holes um, last week were, were spectacular. Um, he was only behind Samoya and Brandon Stone in score the past 54 holes. You don't normally get that. I, I love kind of doing that, eliminate your biggest round um, and see what you would have scored type of week. And, and you don't, or, or final divorce, you just don't get somebody who doesn't like get in the mix all that often. I mean, he was nowhere near, you know, the, the top of the leaderboard finishing 18th. And we know he's competed well. I love that you brought up Soderbergh one at the magical Kenya open. I believe when it was on the challenge challenge tour, they still played at Karen country club. Yeah. Um, and those Kenya courses are very, very tree lined. Um, you play from the fairways, you, you know, you get hot with the irons, you putt well. And that's exactly what Thurston Lawrence did at that course earlier this year, finishing second. Um, so I just think 45 to one, Got a lot of win equity in him from the other tours. Uh, I just like Thurston Lawrence a lot. 
Yeah, so Tristan Lawrence was the guy that I'm going to come to is between those two, basically. Um, and Lawrence, in the second round, he gained over 4.3 strokes on approach uh, and carried that on at the weekend, gained nearly 2.7 on the final round as well. So hitting his irons just incredibly well. And like you say, he has got that win equity uh, and, we, and we've kind of seen him break through. Uh, but it was just for me, I just went with Justin Walters. And, and the only reason being that I just think, you know, you mentioned him two starts ago now. Uh, I bet him in the miscut, but yes, I, yeah. is because what he did two starts ago. Yes, yeah. because um, you know I highlighted a, a potential injury worry, uh, and it, it wasn't that; it was just an off week. Uh, but he was fifth in the field over the past uh, fifteen weeks in tee to green, uh, and his last two cuts, he's finished third and twelfth in that category, uh, or third in two of those uh, in tee to green, and, and first and twelfth in straight scan approach. And he missed the cut in this last year, but. That doesn't again doesn't really bother me too much, and you know he was six after fifty four holes last week, bad final round, which is kind of his thing. Like you can see that happen. I just I just wonder if like, and this is no disrespect to the other side of the field, right? But does it take the pressure off if if maybe one of the the female players is is kind of chasing your score down and they're not teeing off at the same tee box and. You know, maybe you're just a little bit more split apart. I think that might just change things a little bit in terms of dynamic. Maybe you just got a chance if he's got a lead to, to see it off. And uh, you know, you've got three top 16s and four top 23s his last six starts. I think that's a pretty solid goal from uh, Justin Walters, who's hitting the ball just as good as anyone, really. Yeah, it's very similar to why I'm on Soderbergh, and I'm I'm with you on, on Walters. He's as long as 66 to one over here, um, still. And and yeah, you just look at the the flashes of what what there is and when it happens it's really really good irons um if you pair those really good irons with you know uh, a strong short game i think um you can just have him in the mix when you're uh, getting into deeper here i think 66 is fair relative to like even soderberg at 40 i don't know it just feels a little bit better that walters was there at 66 yeah, and I, I just think that like I, I was surprised by the number because I thought yes. it, he would be just unbettable because he's because people look at the, the stats and just think okay he's hitting the ball well we won't take a chance on him so it's like Richard Mansell and people like that and you know he's playing so well that like you say he kind of eliminate half the field you know with no disrespect that that kind of helps um, and then the other one in this range was Tapio Paulkinen who I thought was really really solid um, in tees green he was top fourteen in uh, tees green eighth and and approach as well last 15 weeks. Uh, he's rested he's, since he missed the cut of the British Masters. I don't know if that's an injury or just resting. I hope it's just resting. Uh, but I think it would benefit from the fact that he won't, didn't play in that really tough you know, event last week. And he's gone 9th, 23rd, 49th, 5th, miscut, 20th and 7th before that British Masters miscut. And uh, yeah, I just think, you know, Finnish player. He's kind of in that Scandinavian region and just hitting the ball really, really well as well. Like Justin Walters, I thought the price was pretty good. Yeah, it's um, there's there's a little there's two theories I guess that you can play in these type of courses, and we had this conversation um, the week Fox and Horsefield dueled it out was that was a tree line tighter course, and yeah. is there uh, an opportunity for bombers to overtake it um, or distance to really play a premium and kind of didn't in in theory uh, with those guys. I mean, they're two of the better golfers too, but Tapio could approach this course a little bit different than the other ones. Um, and yeah, he's had a sneaky good season. Um, he has. Before yeah, we get I in, think, go ahead. I just, think go. It, I just think it's consistency based. I think it's just really solid. Rather than me expecting Tapio Paulkinen to win anytime soon, I just think the price on him in terms relative to uh, consistency was really good. 
yeah, he, he always used to fall in the uh, Gavin Green bucket with me. That first round leader <laughs> was a very, very good bet with, with those guys because you'll see some incredibly low rounds um, out of both of them. Before we get into triple digits, um, let's take time to, to pump our audio side of things. Um, so it's very important. You know, I know a lot of us listen on the road in the car. Um, you can find us at Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets. The Mix, uh, Mayo Media Network, has all its different uh, niche type of sports and previews um, all underneath any audio, any audio format you can find there. Um, so rate, review, subscribe goes a long way for us. Um, just kind of look at the calendar. Scottish Open is getting near here. Um, as well, which is a big event. Um, maybe we can, I was going to talk to Pat about, you know, really, really getting a good preview uh, for that one and combine it and talk. And so I think um, a lot to look ahead the rest of the summer um, as we take a turn. U.S. Open, of course, is next week. We'll be off. Um, and then we go back to uh, our, our regularly scheduled DP World Tour events. Uh, triple digits. Tom, lead us off. First golfer for you. Um, still on the mail side here, Dale Whitnell. Yeah, so for me, and just just to clarify, everyone, I think probably this is the best week ever to listen to the audio version of this podcast because I look an absolute uh, state right now with this kind of Wembley flu that I've got going on. But uh, Dale Whitnall, so I, th- I think he's kind of got a similar profile to Jonathan Caldwell in the sense, and maybe it's a little bit lazy, but they feel like that kind of grinder type that, generally speaking, benefit from a really hot putter at times. Um, and he was in really decent form before that miscut last week, which was on a really tough golf course. But even in the second round, he bounced back with uh, his irons. He finished 24th in round two and strokes gain approach. So didn't make the cut. But, you know, he's only made four cuts this year, which is obviously a concern and why is the price that he is. But when he has made the cut, 35th in Abu Dhabi, really strong field. Tied 10th at Stein City, 23rd at Stow Open, where he'd led for 36 holes. And then 14th at the Dutch Open fortnight ago. So I think just when he makes the cut, um, I think he puts in a really, really strong performance. And you're going to come on to the other guy that I kind of considered this triple digits, which is nice and means I don't have to talk about him. But um, yeah, I, I just thought he was really impressive uh, when he does make the cut. And I think he can this week. Yeah. Yep. I can definitely see it within there. Um, there was another, let's see, who was the, uh, oh, Heising. Heising was somebody that yeah. I think was shortlisted as well. First ever um, top 10, wasn't it, on the DP World Tour last Yeah, week? really good with the irons um, came in. But for me, if you look at, I think the best iron player Last four, his last time out. And then he actually closed pretty strong um, in his event before, kind of hidden underneath a miscut. But uh, Nikolai von Dellinghausen, oh, man, that was That's fantastic. Yeah. That was brilliant. Oh, that was worth the audio alone. That was superb. Yeah. So, I mean, look at the last time he teed it up, gaining uh, right about two strokes per round last week um, at the Porsche European Open. Um, finish 18th. Best finish of the year. Actually, nope, he was 13th Catalonia Championship. But there was a stretch um, where at least he was in, I mean, he finished second Tenerife early last year, um, at least where he was bettable or talkable for, for a good amount of stretch. But we haven't talked about him arguably this entire season. But yeah, if you look at a smaller sample size, again, if when you're betting some of these guys, I think you just shrink the field in half and you say, okay, is this guy worth those odds there? 175 to one feels... Um, juicy to me for for somebody who's kind of really really striping it it could come in and get hot with the short game i think my only concern with him and why i didn't go for it is, is how much do you put because he gained nearly 11 strokes of approach last week and it's just like <clears throat> how do you weight that when it was based on a lot of people just going into water and just having horrendous iron weeks do you know I, I, it's tough and that was the only concern i had um but otherwise again like dale whitnell 
18th for the European Open, 13th for the Catalonia Championship, 21st at Qatar Masters, 49th for the ISPS Handed. Like when he makes a cut, plays pretty solidly. So I think if you can get him through that cut, I think you can, uh, you know, see a good performance. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that wraps up the selections from the male side for both yep. of us. But I want to spend some time uh, on the female side. I think, yep. um, you know, geared up US Open last week and then into this event kind of helps me assess the game and kind of look at, again, tour tips, you know, we talk about this site many times, but like, it, it's very, very good. You can dig into a lot of the statistics from, from the other side. So basically looking past, um, looking April and beyond. So that's kind of when some of those mixed events started. And then when the LET had more consistent starts, best golfer over there, like I said, Maya Stark, but again, she's 25 to one. Last week, Carolina Melgarati teed it up for the first time. Um, she's a freshman, think out of where's she out of uh might be arizona state no um either way she uh university of arizona i believe she's out of and she finished a stroke out of the playoff last week at the italian open in her home country only professional event for her so far decent amateur um so she's 175 to one but again she only has three rounds of a sample size you see linnea strom linnea strom's up there she was another really strong um Amateur, she, and you kind of put her Stark and um, Grant and, and Lingblad in, in a kind of a similar category, strong Sweden, uh, you know, amateurs either played on the LET, getting the mix and some majors early on, all of those girls kind of fall into Pia Babnik's there. Uh, if you look at another one who has started to have a little bit of sample size, um, Anna Pelez, P-E-L-A-E-Z, um, she's Spanish. So there's definitely a better way to pronounce that last name. That's a little downer after I nailed the last Probably like Pelai or something, you know, it's yes. something, something really nice. Um, but yeah, just, just before you move on from Strom, I thought it was really impressive. She played three times on the Elite Tour this year, third, second and 10th. Yeah. Like, so I mean, I think the profile wise, I don't think you're going to get, obviously apart from the people we've mentioned at 25 and 30 to one, I don't think you're going to get, I think she was like 70 to one. Uh, yes. I think that's a yep. really decent odds. She's right next to Megan McLaren, who's had a good season on the LET as well. Uh, I think those two girls are, are really worth looking at. Yep. If you look at other really in form, uh, Man and De Roy, um, Jude, Jude Deloy, he, uh, our friend, he, he loves Man and De Roy. He used to be betting her all the time at deep bots, but she finally found a stretch seventh, seventh, first, third, uh, last times out. Um, you have who else was really good form. Newsom was pretty hot early in the year, which comes off a couple of missed cuts. Leanne Pace, she's popped back and forth between the tours. Yeah. Um, she's done well. Olivia Cohen, so I wanted to comment, she's coming off injury. This is her first event back. She had a wrist injury, so I'm not sure I'm ready to, to trust there. Um, but uh, Pilaz, um, she is coming off 11th, 37th, 5th, and 1st in her only four starts on the LET um, so far. So she's really strong. But then there's, there's two that I thought were, were well worth, worth bets. Um, and it, again, if I just take out, if I want to say, okay, I want to see a little bit of a sample size. I want to see these girls, you know, playing or, or ladies playing more than, you know, just potentially even four terms, they are, they're only 54 holes. So maybe who has played the most, if you do at least, I don't know, over 10 rounds. So it's Stark by a good amount. It's Grant next. And then it's Tia Covista uh, or Covisto. Um, so, so Tia has this year, if you look at kind of her form, 
right now she is 11th, 1st, 13th, 10th, miscut, 19th, 7th, her last few times out. And so you put her in this field at the third ranked golfer with sample size. You know, you talk about Strom being 70, talked about Megan McLaren being, being 66, Manita Roy's 50. Tico Visa is 250 to one. So if you can just line up anything, you know, that, that, okay, it can play the different way. Well, maybe she's a top 10 on the ladies' side in pure ranking, but she's 250 to one this week. That, that number, and, and Bradley Todd, our friend's on it too, and he pays way more attention to the ladies' European tour than a lot of people do. So I think that was a, a clear sign that she's a big misprice this week. Was, so I think she, she's the one. Top 20 in that mixed open in Thailand. I think, you know, okay, yeah. the one. she was 19th. Um, yep. and Megan McLaren was 22nd in that as well. Michelle Thompson was actually top 10 in that event. I don't know, again, she's someone that's kind of a bit hit and miss, Michelle Thompson, but she's yep. she has been up there. I think she's 12th on the um race to Costa del Sol, uh, yep. which is kind of like their FedEx Cup rankings. Um, the, the form's kind of dipped in the last few events, but she actually had a fourth in the New South Wales Open, was 10th in that mixed cup, 11th in the ladies' open in Jabbar, uh, Choburg early on. So Early in the start of the year, maybe where kind of she got those kind of points, and that might be a bit of a concern. But again, she was up there. And the other one I kind of mentioned, like kind of looked at, was Magdalena Simaka, Simaka, Argentinian. But oh, she yeah, she has finished seventh, seventh, tenth, second, third, third in her last whatever five, six starts. So just really, really impressive. But is Corvisto the sister of Tyler Corvisto? One on the it's not. I but no. was. I remember because like Tyler had no OWGR like of anything when he played. I couldn't find a connection when I looked at it. It's, it's a rare last name. Um, and Tyler, I thought maybe even a wife or something, but she she's his caddy and goes around with him. Um, and there's there's two more that I, I did want to mention. Um, so Virginia Alana Carta was another um, one. She was in the mix actually last week. This was interesting. So if I looked at um, pure like just ball strikers so she is the only lady since april and beyond so we've got a handful of events uh, that has finished top 10 in greens and regulation inside the event three times only one on tour however she has not um cracked the top 10 in in any events yet so she's definitely got uh some some short game issues it seems going on if those are her green and regulation numbers um i think it was a bad final round last week that that kind of did her in but from a pure ball striking standpoint but she's only 175 to one so this makes a little bit so i can't Coivisto seems she's so mispriced and then leone harm is the other one that i'm going to be on at 200 to one so harm um if you look at her finishes so she has Ah, she played three weeks ago. Yeah, she finished third, and then it was 16th, 46th, 11th. So she has 15 rounds on the LET, ranking fifth in, in the adjusted score metric when you're looking at sample size of, of, of large amounts. So um, even if you eliminated the sample size, you know, if you wanted to, you're still seeing um, harm and uh, Coivisto being in the top 10 on the ladies' side. So you're getting them at 200 and 250 respectively. I think that's where the shots are worth taking compared to paying up and, and getting an each way number that is larger than, than some of these top ladies. Yeah, I think I think if you, we probably mentioned a tie physical last year. I think I yes, think, I bet you, yeah, you, yeah, like you're trying to find the best lady, and in, in, in your head you're thinking, well, the best lady going against best man, try and take 
the lady's side, right? If you want to take the best players. And I don't think it necessarily plays out like that. I think there's just a, you know, when I looked at, like Alice Houston wasn't in good form when she, you know, finished in the top three last year. I don't think Olivia Cohen was in great form when she was top 10. But it's, it's really hard to kind of correlate. So maybe what you're doing in, in terms of adjusting everything is actually a little bit better. And it's interesting, you mentioned uh, Elena Carter. She was fourth in total drive and sixth in greens and regulation over the last three months. So she's just yeah. very, very solid uh, from a ball striking perspective. So like you say, if she can find a putter, uh, maybe we've got things going here. Lynn We're going to get them at low... We're going to get them low owned on DraftKings, you yeah. know, and I think that's that's the approach. We do some long shots and we do low owned DraftKings and, and see if, you know, you can, you can get lucky and and maybe, you know, just it can play. It can definitely play. They, they want it to be equal. You know, they, they want to set up the course to have it be a fair match. They're, they're there, Henrik and Annika setting this up to, to have a, a battle of the best uh, of the, the international players. And, and I hope for it. I really do. Yeah, I think Annika's 500 to 1, if everyone wants to have a little nostalgic cut on her. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I still don't know if they're ever going to crack it where it's completely equal. I think there's, what is it, 900 yard difference you said earlier yep. uh, in terms of their tees and just doesn't seem to play out. But, you know, the be- the best result for this event and the tour in general is that a, a female wins this event the week of the live tour because we talk yep. about kind of like all these different formats and growing the game and all these buzzwords that they keep trying to use uh if, if a lady wins this kind of prize and that would be uh, great to see so it's one of those ones where you, you kind of hope that happens for historic purposes but you also kind of are on a side of it probably won't uh for betting purposes yeah, and I think um, I looked it up. It's, it's outside of the major, so majors aside. So the LET, I believe this is the second highest prize pool uh, yeah, of the sense, year yeah. for, for them. So it's a huge deal. I mean, we don't see the top of the DP World Tour here as they're gearing up to play, um, you know. Uh, which, I actually thought was, which I thought was tough. Like, I think I think if you're trying to go up, especially the event is going up against this week, I feel like they should have committed a few more uh, yeah. at the top of the board. You know, I Obviously, some of them have gone over to live tour, but I think a real stance against that uh, tour would have been to see some of the better European tour players play in this event, and, and yeah, really or, or like make it make it not that this week in the schedule. Yeah, where like, could you imagine like leading into the Open Championship type of stuff where you could get like. I mean, they're not going to probably do a co-sanction whenever, but maybe the the ladies come over from the LPGA and, and lead up in yeah. Scottish, just like the guys do. You know, you could you could do something a lot more fun, um, or I guess a lot more of the the best of the best, and, yeah. and make that really interesting. Yeah, I think I think we are we are missing the kind of getting the Minji Lees, Alexi Thompsons, the yeah. you know people like that, and just really seeing them go up against whoever and. That that would really that would give us a kind of superstar golf pick. I think at the moment this this is a great start, uh, and and I'd take the hat off to, to Annika and Henrik for doing it, and and even the ones they do in Australia or in Thailand as well. But they do need to take another step if they want to uh, really raise it. I think. Yep. Yep. Amen. Uh, we should have shot tracker um, on bet three six five. We did last year. Note the strokes gain stats get a little weird. Uh, because the ladies are teeing off from so much more and they don't adjust the strokes gained when they drive it further than the guys do and they have shorter in, they give them really good strokes gain off the tee numbers and the guys poor ones when you're comparing it. So do note that. I think I'll, I'll fire up that tweet that I sent last year. That kind of Yeah, I'm going to trust you because, you know, trying to get like just general people trying to track stats in like Kenya is bad enough, let alone uh, when you start playing from different tees. I think it becomes a little bit... Uh, difficult to work out so definitely look at the skies uh, work on that 
Today is also one of my favorite golf days of the year uh, with the U.S. Open qualifying. And I want to give a special shout out to DP World Tour member Hao Tong Lee for flying back. Uh, if you saw Ryan French, Monday Q, tweet about Hao Tong Lee, got on a private jet from Germany to come all the way to the States to get just in time for his tee time. And then he proceeded to go plus five in his early nine holes and withdrew. So shout out to Hao Tong for the attempt. We appreciate you. We want you in these majors. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a fun. I don't see many uh, DP World Tour guys um, in these uh, in these US Open qualifying. They're that's actually a, at the live scene. Didn't, didn't a lot of them pull out of the Ohio? Uh, there was kind of a mass amount of withdrawals from the Ohio uh, qualifier, which I think upset some players because there's no they did really bad with the with with the alternates this year yeah. there was like they, they i saw jj let, tweeting about yeah it. they don't let them on even when they're just standing there on course uh all i know is that john peterson is playing because i spoke to him earlier but uh yeah i think he shot level par and thought he did well it was 50th so uh he's got some work to do this afternoon all right well yeah follow that uh follow scandinavian mix and like i said we'll be off next week for the u.s open uh tom's got a little uh work uh, trip extra to the states so uh feel feel better my friend uh rest Thanks, up buddy. and let's yeah. let's hit a mixed winner let's hit a bond here we got this so yeah. it's about time we do yeah gonna yep gonna so can off. you go back through for us yep yep so jason scribner for me at 35 to 1 uh, i think tapio paulkinen is actually there at 50 to 1 now justin waters at 66 and dale whitnell at 125 i haven't gone with any of the ladies on there, uh, just because I just don't think they're going to win, and I've tried to sit there, but I think Linnea Strom was good value at 70 to 1. I'm on Sebastian Soderberg, 40 to 1, Thriston Lawrence, 45, Justin Walter, 66, Nikolai von Dellinghausen, 175 to 1. Man, I hope he wins so we can just say <laughs> that next week. Uh, Leonie Harm, 200 to 1, and Tia Covista, 250 to 1. Best of luck, everybody. Let's hit a winner. <laughs> 